Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder... Some stories have nice endings that seem to wrap everything up in a nice, tidy little bow. Others, like today's story, leave loose ends that may never be addressed. On March 6th, 2019, two men were sentenced for a crime that they may or may not have actually been responsible for. A case that, to this day, has far too many loose ends to consider itself a closed case. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On April 28, 2017, two white farmers, 28-year-old Peter Dorward and 35-year-old Philip Shute, said they caught 16-year-old Met Mahamala Mazwiyu, a young black child, stealing some sunflowers from Peter's uncle's farm flowers that totaled about $5 worth of merchandise for these South African farmers. How did they respond to this seemingly small loss of wages? By grabbing the young teen, forcing him onto the back of a backy under the guise of taking him to the local police station, and throwing him from a moving vehicle. Well, that's at least one side of this story. The other side, told by the men, was that the boy simply jumped from the van to avoid potential legal ramifications. One thing both stories shared, though, was the tragic fact that Met Mohamala did not survive his fall, and his death sparked a massive divide between the area's white and black population. An area that, according to experts, did not need any more tension. You see, despite the fact that the black population overshadows the white with 80% of the 54 million total, most of the wealth in the area remains steadfast in the hands of white men. So when news of two of those men killing a teenager was made public, outrage spread and several businesses and homes in Coligny were destroyed in the process. Now, while all of this was happening, police were still working to try and find out which version of this story was the closest to the truth. Did Matt Mahamala jump or was he pushed? 
That's when a man named Bonakili Pakisi came forward and not only cleared up the confusion, but became the star witness in the farmer's trial. According to this witness, the teenager was pushed from the vehicle, meaning Peter and Philip were directly responsible for his death. During the trial, the men maintained their version of the story, with the state, of course, arguing the opposite. In the end, the judge seemed to agree with the prosecution, stating the deceased was picked up and loaded onto the van. The van drove forward and stopped again. This process was repeated. This must have happened with the knowledge of Dorward. He needed not to be at the back of the van when the throwing off of the deceased happened in order to be guilty of the murder based on the principle of common purpose. He went on to condemn the men for their actions and said that there were plenty of other ways to ensure the young man was held responsible for his actions, none of which included his death. He determined that their crime, although not premeditated, was something the men could have foreseen and found both men guilty. Police were soon dispatched to the courtroom to deal with the strong reactions from spectators. In addition to the charges pertaining to the murder, they were both found guilty of theft, kidnapping, intimidation, and pointing a firearm. On March 6, 2019, Peter was sentenced to 18 years, while Philip received 23. Both men, even after being taken to prison, maintained their innocence, so they hired a man named Barry Rue to try and fight to appeal their conviction. And, for many, the men seemed to have a real reason to appeal. According to a number of sources, Bonakili Pakisi, the sole witness to the incident and the main reason for the conviction, was not the most credible source, with one newspaper even claiming that there was a recording in which Bonakili admits to lying in the courtroom. A man who, in the first witness statement, claimed Matt Mahamala was thrown from the backy three times only to retract that and change it to once. To make matters worse, the police failed to gather an appropriate amount of evidence from the crime scene and only returned days later to study the scene. Evidence that may or may not have corroborated the testimonies given by Bonakili. There was even some speculation that the police had some ill will towards the accused, refused to follow the basic police procedures, and even failed to obtain a written statement from the accused who was driving the vehicle. Regardless of their level of guilt, it seemed that Peter and Philip's case was not handled appropriately. This seemed to be enough, and the appeal hearing was set for August 17, 2020, and both men were released on bail and instructed to return to the police station three times a week until their trial date. After hearing all of the evidence gathered by their legal team and the approval of three separate judges, the convictions for both Peter Dorward and Philip Shute were overturned on the grounds that the police did not handle the investigation appropriately. They were released and the case was officially closed. To this day, there are deep arguments when it comes to the decision made by the South African courts. Some believe two men were framed by racially motivated police and were completely innocent of any crimes. Others believe that they were two cold-hearted killers who, because of the color of their skin, released of any wrongdoing. And some believe it is a combination of the two. Regardless, a young boy lost his life at the hands of two men, whether by accident or by malice. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to where a terrible thing happened on March 7th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. 
If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.